Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Friday the 28th of August. If you're new to the bulletin, welcome aboard. If you've been here before, welcome back. Yes, yesterday's bulletin was probably a bit heavy, uh, and I apologize for that. You know, tracing the cash flows between ECB, Eurozone governments, and Eurozone banks was never going to be easy. But the conclusion reached was, I think, an important perspective to keep in mind. And that was that much of the monetary accommodation we're seeing is really the ECB and governments working in concert to protect the liabilities side of Eurozone banks' balance sheets at a time when they are clearly vulnerable. Today, we got the European Commission's monthly set of confidence indicators for the Eurozone. This is a pretty massive undertaking, aggregating half a dozen different surveys from all the countries in the EU into a single economic sentiment index. And that's actually proved itself a genuinely useful growth tracker. In August, it continued the mild recovery it's been showing since May, rising 6.4% month on month, mainly thanks to a continuing partial recovery in services confidence, while the recovery in manufacturing confidence was less marked and actually lost a little momentum from what we've been seeing in the previous three months. Overall, although the recovery continues, it's important to realize that practically everywhere, it remains only very partial and vulnerable. For example, that growth tracking index is still 15.2% below pre-COVID levels, and the Employment Environment Index for the Eurozone is also still down 14.7% from pre-COVID. And you see much the same elsewhere. In Germany, September's GFK Consumer Confidence Index unexpectedly remained in negative territory in September for a fifth consecutive month. In South Korea, its own Economic Sentiment Index, which aggregates consumer and business surveys, is still 17% below pre-COVID levels. And in the US, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment it's in, is inching higher. Indeed, its final revision today was slightly better than expected, but it's still 27% below pre-COVID February. And although expectations are improving, when asked, 62% still think future prospects are, quote, unfavorable, unquote. Just about the only place where confidence has made a complete recovery is in revealed financial confidence. State Street's Global Investor Confidence Index, which tracks not what investors say, but where they put their money, is up actually roughly 10% since pre-COVID February. Slightly more in Europe, slightly less in Asia. In the real US data, there was better news for an economy which looked to be running short of inventories. Wholesale inventories fell only 0.1% month-on-month in July, with durables down 0.6% and non-durables up 0.7%. Meanwhile, retailers, whose inventory to sales ratio had fallen to record levels during COVID, remember, well, they managed to raise their inventories by 1.2% month-on-month, with auto industry inventories up 2.5% and others up 0.6%. That's encouraging, but it still leaves the economy and retailers in particular, carrying less inventory than you'd expect, and I expect they'd want, with wholesale inventories still down 5.4% year-on-year, retail inventories down 11.2% year-on-year. When you consider that nominal GDP less inventories fell about 7% year-on-year in the second quarter, 
And that at the peak of the economic impact of the pandemic and before the recovery we've seen since then, then you can see that wholesalers and retailers will be trying to add inventory for some time to come. Yesterday's Kansas City Fed Manufacturing Index, which incidentally recorded its strongest results since November 2018, included some complaints from manufacturers about just this problem. Quote, materials shipments have been majorly delayed from our US vendors due to their parts not coming from overseas. Our machine assembly line is now shut down until they are received. And here's another quote. Some materials are taking longer to receive than normal and seeing some good price increases for high demand products. In short, the shortage of inventory in the US economy is working its way through the economic system as combined supply and demand shocks. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of it. And if you did, please help spread the word. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me on MJ Taylor, cold water, no, on, excuse me, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on MJT Coldwater at fastmail.com. Thank you very much.